Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Several men who went on to become President of the United States were also terrific or decorated college athletes. Probably the most famous was Gerald Ford, who played center and linebacker for the University of Michigan when it won national championships in 1932 and 1933. Dwight D. Eisenhower was a running back at West Point for Army, and Ronald Reagan was the captain of the swim team at Eureka College. Just over a week ago, the 41st President of the United States, George H.W. Bush, passed away. He also had a decorated career as a collegiate athlete. And next, on Sports Forgotten Heroes, we're going to take a look back at the college baseball career of President George Herbert Walker Bush. This is Sports Forgotten Heroes. A tribute to the stars who shape the games we love to watch and the games we love to play. Stars who provided us with many thrills, but when their time was up, they faded away. We'll take a look back at their spectacular careers, their moments of fame, even if it was just for one season or just one game. And now, here's your host, Warren Rogan. Hello and welcome to Sports Forgotten Heroes. Today, something very timely. The collegiate baseball career of President George H.W. Bush, whom by all accounts was one of the nicest men to ever serve our country. And he did so at the highest of levels. Now, some of you might have been expecting to tune in today to hear the story of another great who recently passed away, George Talaferro. But I changed up the schedule, and we're going to talk about Talaferro with a terrific author, Dawn Knight, on the next edition of Sports Forgotten Heroes. Today, President George H.W. Bush. He attended Yale University and played for the Eli's baseball team in 1946. 47, and 48. And this was after leaving the military. Joining me to talk about President Bush will be Herman Krabenhoft. Herm has a rich history in baseball research. In fact, he self-published a quarterly baseball research journal for 10 years and has been a member of SABRE, the Society for American Baseball Research, since 1981. Herm wrote a terrific, really an extraordinary bio about Bush's career as a ball player at Yale. And in fact, his research was so spot on that Baseball Weekly had to correct its bio based on the research and writings of Herm. And if you'd like to read Herm's bio about Bush's baseball career at Yale, stats, and more, check out sportsfh.com. We have links to Herm's bio photos, and more. Also, please follow Sports Forgotten Heroes on Twitter at SportsFHeroes and look for our page on Facebook. You know, I think the fact that Bush played baseball at Yale has been publicized pretty well. However, I don't think many know what kind of ball player he was. Was he a good hitter? A good fielder? 
a combo of the two? Well, we're going to get into that with Herm. We'll also go over a few specific games and events that took place during Bush's time at Yale and some of the players he faced while playing at Yale. So let's get started. Herm, welcome to Sports Forgotten Heroes, and thank you for being here to talk about a man whose love for the game of baseball was certainly a passion he enjoyed throughout his life. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. My pleasure to be here. Hey, so let's start here. Where do you think his passion for the game came from? Uh, well, I know um, that his, uh, both his, uh, his, his dad and his grandfather played baseball at Yale. Mm. And so, uh, uh, and his, his, his dad, his grandfather was, um, was quite good, I guess. Uh, I don't recall much about his dad, uh, but they were on the, they were on their teams, uh, and on the Yale teams. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, it, uh, you know, from, uh, from father to son and then from another father to other son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and it, and it, and it did, it did uh, continue to, uh, to George W. Bush, who was on the. Yale uh, freshman baseball team, but uh, didn't go beyond that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why did you decide to write a bio about George H. W. Bush? What was your inspiration for doing so, and how daunting a task was it? Okay, uh, the first part. I um, uh, back in 1988, uh, I was doing research on leadoff batters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it must have been uh, the 1948 season, and my source was uh, the box scores in the New York Times. Mm-hmm. And so on one of these Sunday New York Times issues on the, the front page of the sports section was this picture of, uh, of Babe Ruth in civilian clothes and this baseball player. Uh, and I, so I just looked at the, at the caption, and it said, Babe Ruth and um, I think it's like something like George Bush, the, the captain of Yale. I said, George mm-hmm. Bush? He's the vice president. He's going to be the president. <laughs> what about his baseball career? And uh, so I said, "Hey, I'll just, I'll just do it." And uh, so I, um, uh, at, uh, at that time, uh, so the nineteen forty, uh, so his Bush's years, forty six through forty eight, uh, many of the games were covered in, in the New York Times. And so mm-hmm. that made it, you know, I got, I got the box scores and and some game accounts. Uh, I needed more, so I went to the. Uh, I made two trips. Uh, to uh, to uh, to New Haven. I went to to Yale and used the Yale Library, uh, used the uh, the Yale Daily News, and another time I went back uh, there to uh, to uh, New Haven and used the uh, New Haven Public Library to use the uh, I think it was the uh, the Register or the Evening Register uh, mm-hmm. there. And um, so that's where I got. And I did every single game. I did every game. I got every at bat, every at plate appearance. I knew it all, and uh, I wrote it up and. Uh, I, I used to publish a um, self-publish a, a baseball research journal called Baseball Quarterly Reviews, mm-hmm. and uh, so I put it in that. Mm, interesting. That's why I did it, and, and, and yeah, and so the reason was because George Bush was going to be uh, was the vice president, and uh, and was going to become president, and uh, so well, you should know something about his baseball career, and that's what <laughs> I wanted to do. So I did it. How long did it take you to write? Uh, well, let's see. I, I published that. In uh, in the fall of 80, 1989, so you know, let's say a year mm-hmm. to you know, to, uh, to to get everything uh, every uh, I dotted and T crossed took about took a year probably. Mm-hmm. 
So obviously you too are a huge baseball fan. Tell me a little bit about uh, your quarterly review that you used to publish and the fact that you are a member of Sabre. Uh, okay, I see. Uh, well, baseball quarterly reviews, or BQR, uh, I, I um, was a member of Sabre, and still am, and uh, back in uh, the, the middle 80s, uh, uh, the Baseball Research Journal uh, was not coming out on a regular basis. I mean, it was it was way late. And I says, you know, uh, I'd like to do something. There's something I want to do myself, some articles, and they're probably not right for the for the, uh, the BRJ, so I'll, I'll do my own. And uh, the title I chose, Baseball Quarterly Reviews, uh, is, it comes from a, a chemistry journal, uh, mm-hmm. Chemical Quarterly Reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a chemist, a, re- a retired chemist now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just uh, I did that. And um, it had a, a 10-year run, or a 10-issue run. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, 10 years run from 1986 through 96 uh, with one year, uh, as a, uh, like a sabbatical year in there. In there. So uh, uh, it didn't make it. Uh, <laughs> one of my daughters <laughs> said it would have made it had I had I uh, put a uh, swimsuit issue in there, but <laughs> it, uh, I didn't. I didn't follow that advice. And uh, well, anyway. Uh, and then the uh, and Saber. Uh, see, I joined Saber in uh, I think 1981. Uh, I was at the Hall of Fame, and uh, you know, so this is you know many years ago, and it's a lot, uh, the Hall of Fame then was a lot different than it is now. Sure. And they had a little, a uh, little, little nook where they had some baseball uh you know books and stuff like that and what i saw there was the baseball research journal mm-hmm. and uh i bought them all that i that they had there and uh, i was just uh, thrilled with you know a uh, a journal with baseball research like that i mean it was and this was fantastic and so mm-hmm. i uh uh that was in uh uh thanksgiving weekend of uh, 19, 1981 and i joined uh that Dece- you know in december so it took me a a few weeks to actually uh, to commit to joining, and I've been a member ever since. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So getting back to uh, President Bush, did you ever have a chance to correspond with him about baseball, or was everything that you've learned about him through your research in, in the newspapers? The answer is yes and yes. Uh, I did correspond with him, and uh, uh, I mean, um, when he was president, mm-hmm. uh, and, and everything I know, uh, is what I learned from my research. I learned nothing further from, from him. Uh, what I did is, uh, when I finished my research, well, actually, uh, so I finished my research and I sent him a, a copy of the, um, of my, of my baseball research journal, I'm sorry, of my uh, baseball quarterly reviews mm-hmm. and I heard nothing back from him. Uh, I also sent a copy to, uh, his son. Uh, George W. Bush, who at that time was the um, managing general partner of the Texas Rangers. And he wrote back to me, and I sent a note saying, um, uh, thanks for the BQR. I look forward to reading about my dad. Uh, hopefully you'll set the record straight, since he says he was more powerful than Ruth. Uh, <laughs> yours, yours truly, uh, uh, George. Uh, yours, uh, yours, truly, uh, yours in baseball, uh, George. And then... Um, uh, and so that was the extent of it. That was back in 89. Then in uh, 1991, so it would be April or so, uh, USA Today Baseball Weekly premiered. Mm-hmm. And in their very first their very first issue, there was an article by one of their, their writers uh, on George Bush being uh, a Yale baseball player, you know, mm-hmm. having played baseball at Yale because mm-hmm. uh, he, he was president at that time. 
and uh, uh, the stats they, that they that they provided were were wrong. They they showed that Bush only played or claimed that Bush played only two years, forty seven and forty eight, mm-hmm. and uh, and the numbers were you know they had some numbers there, and they did not at all agree with what I had found. So I wrote yeah, to yeah, uh, I saw that. In fact, one of those numbers was. The amount of home runs he hit wasn't an extravagant yeah, amount yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. They reported that over that two-year period, he had hit two home runs, while you reported that he had only hit one. So I, that correct. was a question that I that I did have for you, and let's let's talk about that right now. All right. Um, so yeah, continue along. How did they come up with their numbers and? Obviously, through your research, painstaking research, I imagine, although you probably enjoyed it, going through <laughs> yeah. every single box score of his entire collegiate career, you did not find that he hit two home runs, and you found that he played three years, and USA Today uh, Baseball Weekly reported that he only played two years. So, yeah, tell me about that. Um, well, yeah, so... They got uh, US, USA Today Baseball Weekly got their stats from uh, the Yale uh, Sports Publicity Office, I guess, and uh, they just didn't didn't have it. So they they what they had was what they had, which was not correct. Uh, uh, they didn't um, uh, for some reason they had nothing on 1946. I don't know why they didn't, but they didn't. With regard to the home runs, um, what they uh, one of the uh, games that Yale played, uh, I believe every year. Uh, the baseball team played was um, a uh, uh, an exhibition game of the current Yale varsity team versus Yale players from previous teams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's like the uh, you know the senior class playing the, uh, uh, the, the all the, uh, the alumni. The, they played against alumni. alumni. Yeah, that's what it was. Alumni. And so, in this particular game, uh, George H. W. Bush. Uh, did get hit a home run off of, uh, I think it's uh, uh, a relative of his, a cousin or something like that, mm-hmm. who was, you know, also had gone to Yale. And um, uh, so, but Yale counted that, you know, the Yale publicity office, sports publicity office, counted that home run in his uh, in his uh, college career total, which I did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's an alumni game, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a college, it's not a, a true collegiate game, you know, right. uh, not NCAA game, and um, uh, and uh, so that and and he did hit a, he did hit one home run, I uh, forget against um, uh, which team, but the the team that he, the, the the pitcher that he hit it off, and I forget his name right now. It's in the it's in the article. Uh, had played minor league baseball, in fact, so he hit a he hit a home run off of a a good pitcher. So let's talk about that home run and that game. Yale played UConn on April 20th, 1948. The Elis were 2-4-1 going into the game, but turned things around and shut out the Huskies 7-0 to start an 11-game winning streak. Bush went 2-for-3 in the 8-hole that day, knocked in 2, and scored 1. Of course, the lone run coming courtesy of his two-run shot over the left field wall at Yale Field off High Chapin, who, by the way, played in the minors in the Class D Eastern Shore League for Easton and Federalisburg. Bush's other hit that day was a double. So did you ever hear or correspond with George H.W.? 
So you did yes. hear back from George W. Did you ever hear back from George H. W.? Yes. So uh, the art. So then, uh, uh, after I sent my information to uh, Baseball Weekly, uh, they ran a. Uh, uh, an article uh, with my staff, they, uh, and the headline says, uh, Baseball Expert Challenges uh, uh, Poppy's, Poppy Bush's Stats, or Yale's Poppy's <laughs> Stats. And they had a picture of George Bush with a scowl on his face, you know, uh, like, uh, like, you know, uh, I've, uh, like, I might, like my stats upset him. And uh, uh, so I, I, sent, I, I sent my BQR back again to the president, and uh, with, and, the, and saying this is what I actually sent, what I actually stated to uh, USA Today Baseball Weekly. Uh, so, that, and uh, lo and behold, and this is this is really a, a, a heartwarming story from or feeling for me. Uh, I was on a, uh, on a I'm, I was a chemist since I was on a, a chemistry business trip in Cleveland, Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I called my wife. Uh, just to let her know that I got there safe and sound, and uh, asked, you know, any mail or any mail for me. And she says, "Yeah, uh, there's a letter here from the White House." <laughs> Holy moly! And then she, you know, she opened it and read it to me. And uh, I won't get it verbatim. Uh, it's in the it's in the art in the in the BJRR BRJR. Uh-huh. So, but it uh, uh, so but President Bush said, uh, you know, thanks for your research. And while your research uncovered a lower batting average than the Yale records, <laughs> you did come up with a higher fielding average and all an even trade. You know, just a, a perfect way to end the letter, an even trade. Right. Um, so, yeah, really nice. Uh, uh-huh. so, that's cool. That's, uh, uh, and that's, that, is, that is the extent of the, uh, the correspondence that I had with, uh, with uh, both President H.W. Bush and, and W. Bush. That's awesome. So... One of the great honors that several presidents have had is throwing out the first pitch to a ball game. He, I guess, was the first to actually throw the first pitch from the pitcher's mound. Most, most, I guess, stood in front of pitcher's mound to throw out the first pitch, but he stood on pitcher's mound and threw out the first pitch. Tell me what a thrill that must have been for him and talk about the glove, I guess, that he was actually using. Sure. Uh, First of all, uh, he was not the first president to throw out a pitch from the pitcher's mound. Uh, uh, Ronald Reagan uh, did that in a in a. I'd say end of the season game mm-hmm. at Wrigley Field. Okay. So Reagan was going to throw out a pitch from the mound. Prior to that, they had thrown out, they had thrown the ball to the field from the stands, usually, you know, like a, like a box seat oh, to, yeah. to the catcher. Yes. Uh, but Reagan was the first one to throw it from the mound. George H.W. Bush was the first one to throw an opening day pitch ah, from the mound. Thank you for the and clarification. That's, that's, you know, yeah, and that's that's you know uh, the opening day pitch is really the uh, is the the, the, the pitch. Uh, 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 so uh, you know, I, I think he has he deserves credit for that. Uh, uh, Reagan did did do the uh, the, theat- the theatrical <laughs> first, I guess, but, uh-huh. uh, but George Bush was the first one to do it on opening day. Uh, and the glove, uh, he used his uh, his uh, the the very first baseman's mitt. Uh, that he used when he was in Yale. Oh, at, that's at cool. Yale. I mean, it's uh, uh, yeah, and 
uh, there have been articles uh, written uh, about this where he um, he kept the glove in uh, in a in a desk drawer in in uh, I don't know the Oval Office or you know some some an office that he used at the White House uh, in one of the drawers he kept his glove um, and uh, uh, it was a McQuinn uh, Trapper uh, first patient's glove so that's kind of neat yeah I think that really is I lost my first glove and somehow uh, my children lost my second glove. As well, so uh, uh, what were their names? What was I'm just asking? I'm curious. Who I was had my, my first ever glove was a Regent, and my second glove was a Wilson. Oh, uh, what about a player's autograph on it? Ron Guidry. Oh, both of them. Uh, on the Wilson, I believe. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. yeah. Isn't it amazing how we can remember that kind of stuff? Absolutely. <laughs> That's what yeah. makes baseball so great. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, did George play in high school as a youth? Yes, he did. Uh, he, he went to a, a private school, uh, both um, baseball and soccer. Right. And uh, um, was the first baseman uh, on the baseball team. I caught up with him to do this interview while he was away visiting his mother in Michigan. Herm actually lives in California and did not have all of his notes with him. So please forgive him for not remembering every single detail about the bio he penned on Bush. So as far as high school is concerned, Bush attended the Phillips Academy Andover, which was a boarding school in Massachusetts. There, he was the captain of the baseball team and the soccer team. He was also the senior class president. Interestingly, he graduated on the same day as his 18th birthday and enlisted in the Navy on that same day. George H.W. Bush was certainly a good athlete. I mean, heck, he played on Yale's soccer team in 1945, and that team went 8-0-2 and won the New England Intercollegiate Soccer League Championship. Where did right. his athletic abilities come from? What made him so uh, uh, special? I mean, not everybody can play uh, college sports, and he played on two separate college teams. And I think that that's something that most people don't know is how good an athlete George H.W. Bush was. Yes, uh, he was a good athlete. And uh, uh, let's see. Um well, you know, in, in doing my research uh, for the, uh, the 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 BRJ, uh, I read that um, his his mother so uh, was was uh, was also a uh, an excellent athlete, a tennis player, uh, maybe softball, and uh, so uh, he got and you know, like I say, his dad uh, also had played uh, baseball at Yale, uh, and his grandfather was was a, a good player, a baseball player at Yale, so. Uh, he got it from both sides. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, you know the the genes were there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And his family and 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 you referred to this earlier, really was into sports. I mean George W., who was our forty third president, loved baseball to the tune where he owned or was a part owner of the Texas Rangers. Their right. love for sports was was huge. Did, did George and George, um, 
share this love together? Did they include the other boys, Jeb and Neil? Or was this something um, that was really their thing to enjoy together? Um, I, I looked into that a little bit. Uh, uh, Jeb did not go to Yale. He went somewhere. I forget what, where he did go to college. Uh, and I think he was more of a tennis player. Uh, he um, did not, uh, uh, you know, uh, pursue baseball as far as I could mm-hmm. tell. I was, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, you know, family, you know, softball games and stuff like that. He would play, but, uh, and the other two brothers, uh, what Marvin and, um, uh, Neil, uh, Neil, uh, I know nothing about them in terms of their, uh, athleticism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After high school. And once he was old enough to join the armed services, George H W Bush put off college and, and his studies and, like I said, joined the armed services. Ultimately, though, he came back. Do you think his, I'm going to use this term really lightly, advanced age of 22 gave him any sort of an advantage in collegiate baseball or was his time away from the sport? Did did that give him a disadvantage? Obviously, his enrollment into college was delayed by his duties in the military. Yeah. Uh, interesting question. Uh, uh, I think, um, uh, it's probably, uh, uh, yeah, yes and yes. So, uh, he, he certainly got, he was certainly stronger, uh, than, uh, as a, as a freshman at Yale than he would have, you know, after the war, uh, than he would have been at, you know, uh, without having gone to the, uh, into the, into the military. Uh, as far as his, um, uh, baseball skills or athletic skills go, uh, yeah, they may have been compromised uh, by the um, having been away from the you know the, the sport uh, mm-hmm. uh, in in uh, during the uh, the wartime. Um, yeah, so probably uh, a little bit of both. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but he certainly was motivated uh, mm-hmm. to uh, to do to excel. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think I mentioned in the article that uh, he played while well, he played on the uh, the nineteen forty five. Uh, soccer right. championship team. Right. He did not play in the four, on forty six or later. Uh, uh, well, you know uh, the way the seasons uh, were uh, because he uh, he had malaria. And, yeah, how uh, did he contract malaria? I could not find out on anything on that. I have not found any mention of it anywhere else other than um, uh, one of the um, uh, the Yale Daily newspaper uh, articles mentioned that that's why he was not. Uh, not playing uh, on the soccer team uh, in 46, the 46 soccer team. So, Yale had quite the roster of coaches or managers. Red Rolf, who hit 289 in 10 years with the Yankees and who had a 521 winning percentage at the helm of the Detroit Tigers, was the coach at Yale from 1943 through 1946. Smokey Joe Wood coached Yale for 20 years, winning 283 games while losing 228 and tying one. And of course, in the majors, he won 117 games for the Boston Red Sox, including a whopping 34 in 1922. And Ethan Allen, for whom Bush played, was the coach at Yale from 1946 through 1968. Allen hit an even 300 over 13 years in the bigs for such teams as the Reds, the Giants, the Phillies, the Browns, the Cubs, and the Cardinals. Allen put Bush in the lineup for the 1946 season, and the future president of the United States played every game that year. 
Actually, he wound up playing every game for each of his three seasons. So he goes out for the team in, in 1946, and he makes it. And that's his uh, first year. He hit just 212, which was one of the lowest batting averages on a team that went 14 and 3. But defensively, at first base, he was pretty good. He made just two errors in 143 chances. What can you tell us about his first year at Yale playing baseball? Uh, uh, good or maybe even great field, uh, poor hit. And, uh, uh, I'm not, I mean, that's, that's something that I think anyone, uh, who would, you know, look at the numbers would, would say, mm -hmm. uh, his, his coach, Ethan Allen also, uh, stated that, uh, at, at some point in, uh, during his three year career at, uh, uh, three, three baseball seasons at, at Yale, uh, Bush was, uh, was, um, not a great hitter, uh, but he uh, is a good fielder, an excellent fielder. Uh, mm -hmm. I mentioned in, <laughs> excuse me, I mentioned in the article uh, that my so for what I did in my to uh, to to uh, to gauge uh, Bush's uh, fielding um, ability, I uh, I looked at his fielding average uh, and compared it with the fielding the composite fielding average of first basemen on of all the opposing teams of Yale. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, as I recall, uh, in each, in each season, 46, 47, 48, Bush's fielding average was about 20 points higher than the fielding average, the composite fielding average, um, compiled by the opposing first baseman. Uh, right. So, he was significantly higher. So he was, and, and it wasn't as if he didn't have many chances. He had a lot of chances and, and he, he was darn good. He was. And, and it was not, uh, he was, that was picked up on the, uh, uh, it was, uh, one of the two world college world series that he was in, uh, one of the, um, uh, the writers, uh, uh, um, commented, and I think it was something like, uh, uh, George Poppy Bush is a fielding artist. Uh, so hmm. it was, rec it was recognized by, uh, by, uh, by 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 people, uh, you know, by the by writers and uh, and and certainly uh, Ethan Allen uh, knew that and, or picked it up and saw that. So yeah, he was he was a good fielder. His second year, um, again, uh, he had malaria in the fall of '46. He couldn't play soccer, but he did recover in time for the '47 baseball season, and it was a pretty good year for Yale. They went 16, seven and one. They went nine and three in the conference, but again. Bush struggled at the plate. So I don't know if you could talk a little bit about his ability as a batter or lack of ability as a batter. Did he put the ball in play? Was he a weak hitter? Did he strike out a lot? What can you tell us about, about George as a hitter? I don't know that he struck out, uh, uh, extraordinarily more than anybody else. Uh, uh, but he, he, um, and he, when he put the ball in play, it was, it was, uh, not, not, um, it was fieldable and, uh, and he was put out. Uh, so he just didn't hit it where they, where they, uh, where the fielders were not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where, he didn't hit it where the fielders weren't. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, um, so, so, so let me ask you this. Yeah, go ahead. He didn't have a lot of power either. Uh, he, I think his first year he had one double and the second year he had, uh, Maybe but three doubles. His mm -hmm. third year, he mm -hmm. did have some power. He had a triple, and I think 
seven or eight or nine doubles, something like that, and, and his home runs. So uh, he he had some he had some he had more power in his uh, in his third year. I know. Yeah, uh, he, he he his third year forty eight. He hit two forty five, which is you know a heck of a lot better than the two twelve <laughs> he hit his first year. And I find it really interesting that he basically played every single game that he was eligible for. And what I find interesting about that is, is that with such a low batting average, Ethan Allen still kept him in the game, uh, started him every game. Why was that? Was his fielding that much better than anybody else? What was it that kept him in the lineup? Uh, the answer, I, I believe, is his fielding was that much better than any other uh player Yale could have put at first base and his batting average, I'd say that in, third, in, 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 in 48, 245, while it was low compared to, uh, maybe it probably ranked about seventh on the, on the, on the, among the, uh, the, the, the starters, you know, the, the primary players. Um, the, uh, it was still better than the, than the, uh, anybody else who could have played first base. So if someone else could have played first base, not as good a fielder and not as good a batter as Bush. Mm -hmm. That's you know uh, mm -hmm. uh, he was the he was he was the best batter that Yale could put the that Yale could field as a first baseman with without sacrificing uh, fielding uh, ability. So uh, you know it's just the way it was. And in '48, he was also named captain of the team, sort of fitting for the future leader of the free world, don't you think? He, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, he tried to live up to being the captain by setting a great example on the field. I guess one doesn't have to stretch his or her imagination to env to envision the type of citizen Bush was. How Absolutely. did this translate to the type of player he was? He he had to be so proud, and and he must have really truly been a leader. I'm sure he was, and because the the, uh, the the captain was is is chosen by the players. Um, so uh, the, the the players, his his fellow, you know, his teammates, uh, they knew he what he what he could do with a bat. They knew what he could do with a glove, and they knew what he could do. Let's say you know uh, on the field, you know, and in the and in the dugout, they, they and uh, they they wanted that. I mean, uh, he was a leader, uh, uh, and um, he must have been because they they chose him. It was it was not something that you know. Uh, you might think that uh, uh, you know the the best hitter or the uh, or the most powerful hitter would be chosen as as the uh, as the team captain, mm -hmm. uh, but you know these uh, well. Uh, hey, these are all college guys. They're, I mean, they're they're I mean, they're young, but they're still college guys, and they they you know have that much level of maturity. And uh, hey, they, they want to win. And uh, George Bush would be the is 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 the best person to to lead them as a as a team captain. And they chose him. And uh, uh, well, I think that you know that he went on to uh, to be a captain of the United States. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. Hey, his actual playing abilities, uh, like we said, probably 1948 was his best year. That was his senior year. There was one game in particular that he actually impressed some pro scouts, and that game occurred on April 3rd, 1948, against North Carolina State, as you had written. Can you tell us anything about that game or what Bush did to actually impress some people, uh, some scouts, where they actually took notice of George Bush as a baseball player? 
what, what I remember from uh, you know reading the various articles uh, that were published on that, uh, first of all, it's, it's early in the season, okay? So uh, uh, he, um, uh, so and I think he had a uh, what a, a single, a double, and a triple in that game. And yep, three, uh, he had three hits. Uh, he also uh, uh, scored some runs, knocked in a run, and he, I think he even stole a, stole a base that game. Um, and uh, uh, the um, so you know it's an impressive thing, and uh, so uh, uh, the uh, whatever scouts were there, you know, uh, uh, he was the star of, the, of that particular game, and uh, so they're going to ask, you know, hey, you know, I don't know what the scouts say, but you know, hey, you know, we're going to watch you, or but uh, it didn't take long after that for for his uh, for, he went into a slump, and then uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and and I think. Uh, 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 Bush in his uh, autobiography, uh, looking forward, uh, wrote that uh, that was the only nibble he ever got. Uh, so uh, you know, you have one good game, and yeah, people are going to compliment you and say, "Hey, you're looking. We're looking. You know, we're going to watch you now." And uh, so they got a you know, uh, a nibble, like you know, he got a, <clears throat> got that <clears throat> that feedback. But uh, excuse me, but uh, it did not uh, it did not continue because his his uh, his um, hitting did not continue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the cool things, though, is that he played in the first two College World Series. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that and and how Yale fared? Yeah, well, uh, Yale uh, they uh, they lost the first uh, World Series to um, uh, Cal Berkeley. Uh, uh, Jackie Denson was on that team, and uh, they lost it. Uh, I think two games to zero. So Cal swept them uh, two straight. Uh, in the second World Series, uh, 1948, uh, they played the USC. The games are, it was a, it was best two or three. Uh, USC won the first game, uh, I believe. Uh, um, Yale won the second game, and then uh, uh, as I remember, Yale was leading one to nothing. And then uh, going into the I guess the uh, the ninth inning, uh, the last inning, whatever. If they, yeah, I think it was the last. It was the last inning for certain. And uh, and uh, USC scored uh, maybe uh, three runs to take a three to one lead, and then in the, in the bottom of the of the of the, of the last inning, um, uh, Yale got uh, its first three guys on, and the next batter up. So, so George Bush is will be the second batter up with mm-hmm. the bases loaded, mm-hmm. but the first batter up hits into a double, hits into a triple play, and the game ends. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> spared spared George Bush from ending the game. Well, no, it. You know, I wonder what hap- What would have happened if uh, if that guy had just struck out, and then and 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 HW hits a grand slam to win it. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, anything's possible. Uh, man, yeah. And uh, what what would have happened uh, at that point? Uh, would would. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a, it's an interesting uh, uh, you know thought to uh, to to contemplate uh, mm-hmm. what would have happened, but uh, it didn't happen. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey, one of the greatest thrills of his life had to be the old timers game he played yeah. in in 1989. I mean, Milt Pappas was in the game, Ernie Banks, Minnie Minoso, Brooks Robinson, Tony Oliva. 
and he played on the same field with all of them. Tell us about that game. How did it come about? How how secretive was it that he was going to play? I mean, what a thrill. Yeah. Uh, so that game actually was, in, I think it was in 84, not 89. Uh, but uh, uh, I may be wrong there, but uh, I thought it was 84. Um, and uh, so he was in uh, he was in Denver for the uh, Colorado's uh, – State Republican Convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was he was the vice president, and he was there for that for that particular uh, event. The, mm-hmm. the Republican, the, the 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 Colorado State Republican Convention, and uh, at the same time, uh, there was this uh, All Star Game being played. Um, ret- you know, a retired players, mm-hmm. an old timers game, uh, old timers game. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, it it just so happened they were at the same hotel, uh, uh, and uh, you know, and Bush being a you know a baseball fan, he was you know he was having a I guess having a good time just talking with the players, and then uh, they, um, from what I understand, uh, Warren Spahn uh, needled him into into playing, and uh, so it was uh, it was it was. And then, well, because the Secret Service were, you know, he was the vice president. So, I mean, I mean, you, you don't just go out in the heart of a field with all these, because uh, you never know what, uh, you know, uh, crackpots out there. But anyway, everything was kept uh, on the on the quiet. And uh, I believe it was the, the fourth inning. Um, he uh, he comes out in a, in a Denver Bears uh, uniform and bats in the, for the American League. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, Warren Spahn is the pitcher, uh, or let's say, uh, I think Milk Pappas was a pitcher, but then Warren Spahn came out to pitch to Bush. Uh-huh. And, uh, and uh, Warren Spahn, I don't know how many pitches he threw to Bush, but uh, on one of the pitches, Bush hits it, little pop-up uh, just beyond uh, the mound. And Milk Pappas, this is an old-timers game, so it's not you know, rigorous right. in terms of uh, the, the rules. Uh, Milk Pappas had remained on the field just standing there and the ball, the, the little pop fly comes to him. He catches it and then drops it on purpose. I'm, oh, I believe it would be on purpose. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, and uh, so Bush, who had run the first base, uh, they said, ah, come on back and bat again. You know I mean? We're not going to, you don't want to get to first base on a, on, a, on, an, on, error, on an error. Yeah. <laughs> an error. So then uh, uh, he, um, he goes back to bat and uh, and Milk Pappas then takes a, re- resumes the mound uh, duty, and uh, uh, I think it, I think it was like a one and one pitch. Uh, uh, there may have been a swing and a miss in there somewhere. Uh, and uh, but then he hit a he pitched to uh, to Bush, and Bush hits a uh, uh, a sharp grounder uh, up the middle for a for a clean and true base hit, and um, he made it to first base. Uh, you know. Uh, and I remember reading in the, uh, I think it was one of the Denver newspapers, uh, that, uh, Milk Pappas, uh, said that was one of his biggest thrills that, uh, uh, that Bush got a hit off him. And, uh, uh that, and I think Pappas said, I made him a hero because he got a hit, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I, and, uh, uh, I, I remember reading, uh, several times afterwards, uh, Bush and Pappas became friends and, uh, interacted many other times uh, over the years uh, mm-hmm. uh, with baseball. So, 
And then I, I guess he also had some sort of a fielding jam. And then the Detroit Tigers had a lot of fun with the then Vice President Bush after that game. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, the the fielding part, uh, uh, he was, uh, and it, this is in the article, and it, I mean, it's really neat. Uh, the um, he, So he, so in the bottom of the fourth inning, uh, so he, he, he bats in the top of the fourth, and in the bottom of the fourth inning, he goes out in the field. He takes over for Ernie Banks at first base, and uh, Tony Oliva is the batter. Okay, and Bush recounted this in, a, in one of the uh, in an in interview with um, uh, a, a sports writer. Said that uh, they kept telling me to move back. I said, "Damn it, I'm, I've moved all the way back here. You know what more do you guys want?" And uh, and then Oliva smashes a, a shot down the uh, down the line. Uh, Bush. Uh, uh, dove and knocked it down, and the, you know I guess the ball rolled a little bit into foul territory. He uh, he jumped up. He's sixty years old. Okay, wow. doing this. Wow, and, and he's know, the and vice he, president. He, yeah, and he and he's not a, he's not been playing baseball. I mean, you know, he may have been just you know uh, playing catch here and now and then, or playing softball now and then, but he's not been playing with you know with like these 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 pro these former pro players. Anyway, he uh, he he. He, he scrambles into foul territory, uh, retrieves the ball, and uh, tosses it to uh, Milk Pappas, who ran over to cover first base, and uh, Oliva's retired. And, uh, yeah, a great play. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's reminiscent of what he had done in college uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. at Yale. Uh, and then now, uh, this, is, <laughs> the this, is, this is, yeah, this is really neat. Uh, when I was doing my research for the, for the, for the, for the BRJ, I was pretty much all done. I said, I'm just going to do one more Google search on, on Bush and baseball and, uh, and just to see what I can come up with, you know? And, I, and you know, when you do a Google search, search it says next, next, next. And it's after about four or five of these, you say, yeah, that's enough, you know? Well, I just kept going. And lo and behold, I see this thing, Detroit Tigers offer Bush contract to play baseball <laughs> out of the blue. And uh, it turns out Bobby Brown, who was a, a, a friend of, of uh, George H.W. Bush. Uh, and at that time, the commissioner, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, AL president, uh, and I guess was at that game and uh, had uh, joked around with, uh, with Bush saying that uh, we're, if you, we'll, get you a, we'll get you a contract. And so he wrote to his friend, Jim Campbell, and said, send the contract to George Bush. Um, and uh, so Campbell did, uh, uh, and well, he, he sent it to um, to uh, to Pete Teeley, who was uh, President. Um, I'm sorry, Vice President Bush's press secretary at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, and asked uh, and asked Pete Teeley to uh, to give it to him uh, uh, if he thought it was appropriate. Uh, you know, so Campbell was covering himself there, uh, and the Tigers uh, from you know anything uh, not uh, appropriate. Uh, and, uh, the, uh, whether or not it was actually given to Bush, we don't know for a fact. I did finally get a hold of uh, Pete Teeley and, uh, he, he could not remember that, but he said, if I had, if that letter had come to me, uh, you know, should I give it to Bush? I would have given it to him, uh, you know, in a snap. So sure, why not uh, have some fun? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so, um, but you know, the, about that, uh, about, so the, um, about the contract, uh, it, it is, it is, it is, it was never mentioned by, uh, by, by George H.W. Bush in his autobiography. Hmm. 
it was not mentioned by uh, uh, by any other biographer of H.W. Bush, including uh, W. Mm-hmm. and including you know his son W. Uh, George W. and his daughter uh, uh, Dorothy Doro. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both wrote biographies, and you'd think that they would have known something about it or included it, unless they just, it was just, it's been a family, um, not a secret, but, a, you know, we'll just, we're just not going to talk about it. I don't mm-hmm. know what, I don't know the story on it. Mm-hmm. There's not many people left. Uh, well, now with, with uh, President Bush having passed, uh, we want, you know, there's no, there's no one who's, he, he'd be the ultimate source in that. Sure. Uh, uh PT, I, I did talk to Bobby Brown about this. Uh, Bobby Brown says, uh, as far, uh, yeah, the, 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 this prank or this, this spoof was pulled off all the way. It's, it's legit all the way up to Pete Teeley. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause he was the one who got the documents and would have given it to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, at that time, vice president Bush. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you get a chance, uh, you might be able to, to, to talk to Pete Teeley and see if you can remember any more about it. When I talked to him, he, he could not. But uh, mm-hmm. well, of course, uh, we have a link to your article that you wrote. That's on uh, that that's on Saber, and for anybody interested, you could see the letters there too. Hey, yes. um, one of the cool things, something really, really neat, I think, is look, George H. W. Bush was not the greatest collegiate player, not by a long shot. But if I follow correctly, the National College Baseball Hall of Fame is named after him, the George H. W. Bush National College Baseball Hall of Fame. Why, with all the players who went on to fantastic, and in some cases, Hall of Fame careers, why is the College Baseball Hall of Fame named after him? Because he became president of the United States of America. That's why. There you go. And, and where, yeah, t- tell us a little bit about it. Well, <clears throat> I just did some checking in that the, uh, uh, earlier this, uh, this evening before you called. Uh, the, uh, the National College Baseball Hall of Fame is in, um, is in uh, I'll say, dire straits right now. Uh, 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 so they, they, they were going to build this, uh, this complex in Lubbock, Texas. And that was going to be called the, the George H. W. Bush, you know, National Collegiate Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum. Uh, they broke ground back in, I think, 2015. A ceremonial broke ground, uh, uh, but it's it's no longer going to be built. There's, there's a funding issues have, have cropped up, and so it's 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 not going to be built in Lubbock. Uh, there's been they. Uh, there was talk uh, or some interest expressed about having it in Wichita and also in Omaha. Uh, I just checked this evening. Uh, nothing further uh, has come about on that. And uh, furthermore, uh, in June of this year, uh, June of 2018, uh, they they even canceled the, um, the, the induction ceremony for this year's uh, uh, minor league uh, college Hall of Fame members, uh, Tito Francona and um, hmm. Nomar Garcia Parra, were going to be inducted. And well, I guess they may still be inducted. Maybe at the uh, uh, maybe they were inducted at the at the at the College World Series uh, mm-hmm. uh, in Omaha. But uh, they uh, it was not there was not the normal induction procedure. It was the first time it had, it had been canceled, and uh, so uh, wow, what a uh, shame! Yeah. Uh, 
they just they ended up a few million dollars short of uh, of, uh, of of com- you know, of going forward. Hmm. Yeah. Is it important that we remember George H. W. Bush and his baseball career? Obviously, it's important we remember that he was our president. But is it important that we remember he was a baseball player as well? And if so, why do you think? Well, uh, I think it is because I like baseball, and uh, and I and I like the idea of it of uh, baseball being um, important or uh, yeah uh, of significant interest to other people uh, mm-hmm. in other in other you know walks of life. Uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a chemist. I'd like to do I did chemical research, uh, and uh, and doing baseball research. Uh, is 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 really quite similar. Uh, I mean, baseball is different than chemistry, but uh, uh, I like baseball. I mean, it's just it's just uh, uh, something I like. So mm-hmm. uh, so you, uh, it's kind of like um, uh, uh, preaching to the choir here, asking me if I think baseball is important for George sure. about George Bush. Uh, yeah, I, I do, and uh, uh, and you know he. Uh, uh, he uh, you know, he's the president, or, or was the president. Uh, that's not, that's not all that he was. And, and so you're, you want to know more about, you know, what else made him tick. Uh, and, um, uh, so baseball and sports, uh, also made him tick. Right. And that's, it's important to know that. Uh, sure. Sure. Hey, are you doing any other research these days on, uh, on baseball? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm, uh, uh, right now my interest is, uh, the uh, the the dead ball era, and particularly the Detroit Tigers, uh, my hometown team, mm-hmm. and uh, getting accurate uh, runs scored and runs batted in numbers uh, for the because I like what I want to find out is uh, what is the uh, what what what's the longest consecutive game streak for batting in a run for each Tigers player. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's. <laughs> It's cool for me. I, I, I want to find out, and that's what the research I'm, I'm pursuing right now. Awesome. Hey, Herm, I want to thank you so much for taking a little bit of time out of your evening uh, to talk about George H.W. Bush um, as we've been remembering him for the last week, uh, week and a half. And, um, yeah, thank you for joining me on Sports Forgotten Heroes. Thank you very much for asking me, and it was my pleasure to, uh, to, uh, to chat with you. Bush's final career stats at Yale, he had a batting average of .224, scored 43 runs, and had 28 RBI. Over the course of the three years he played, Yale went 53-21. His most impressive stat, however, was his fielding percentage. As Herm noted, it was nearly 20 points higher than that of the first baseman he played against. The issue about the College Baseball Hall of Fame, I think it's a shame. Hopefully one day it will get ironed out and the George H.W. Bush College Baseball Hall of Fame will become a reality. It will be a great honor for a great statesman. Thank you again to today's guest, Herm Krabenhoft. Next time on Sports Forgotten Heroes, we're going to take a look back at the career of George Talaferro the first African-American to ever be drafted by an NFL team. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Sports Forgotten Heroes.